we have. As we uh, prepare for the message this morning, I encourage you to open up your Bible to the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 3. We've been looking at this book that the Apostle Paul wrote as a letter back to the church at Philippi. And we're finding that as we get into his letter that he wrote, that there are many things that we can um, emulate in our lives. We can see Jesus Christ in our lives and we can walk with Jesus hand in hand. And we find that as we express these things that are being taught to us, that we are actually expressing Jesus in our lives each and every day. This is living. Our key verse for today, actually is three verses, verses 12 through 14 of chapter 3. If you're using the Pew Bible today, it's on page 1,826. 1,826. The summary of the message that I want um, to be thinking deeply about is we are all planted for a purpose. And our purpose is not of this world. It is for the glory and praise of God. And Paul, in chapter 3 of Philippians, starts to explain about what his life was like before Jesus. And what a waste of time it was. He actually said that um, it was a life for a loser, if you really want to know about it. You see, Paul realized that he was planted for a purpose when he was very young. And he was a Jew, so he studied, studied a lot. He was very bright. And he kept the Jewish religion to a T. In fact, he would even go out and kill Christians because the Jews believed that was heresy to the chosen people of God for Gentiles and others that would just believe in Jesus Christ and be part of God's chosen people. Until one day Jesus took hold of Paul's life also. You see, Paul thought he had complete control of his life until finally Jesus came into his life and he realized that he was actually just living a life of losers. So to get to the context of our key verses of 12 to 14, I want to actually start reading in verse 7. Verse 7 of Philippians chapter 3. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Some of your Bibles may translate that rubbish. It's interesting, it's the only place this word shows up in the Scripture because it was actually a very bad slang word. 
garbage is how we translate it here. That's about the cleanest we can get for it. I consider them garbage and that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him even in His death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Now for our key verses. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. May God bless the hearers and the doers of His Word. Jesus took a hold of Paul and ripped him from the waves of the world and planted him in the rich soil of righteousness. Righteousness through faith alone in Christ alone. This became Paul's obsession to press on, to take hold of the righteousness for which Christ took hold of him. There are three points to the message today that I'd like to share with you. The first one is that memories must not overshadow our calling. Forgetting the past is the way it's put in Scripture. Memories must not overshadow our calling. Verse 13, he wrote, Forgetting what is behind. Now, as part of the interim pastor ministry, the IPM transitional process that we are going through here at Dunphy Church, we are going to look at the past. We will learn from the past. However, we will not live in the past. In our individual lives, we need to give up our past to Jesus. That's what it means to forget what is behind. As a church, Dunphy Missionary Church will need to get to a point that we can give our past to Jesus. Paul says that he does this one thing. He presses forward while forgetting what is behind. Now, Paul doesn't throw away his memories. He doesn't throw away his memories of what happened in the past. However, he does not let them influence him anymore. 
this becomes a picture of Jesus in our lives. God does not have amnesia. When it comes to what we have done in the past, instead He chooses not to let that have anything to do with an influence of how He interacts with you now, in the present. It is Jesus on the cross that allows God to look at us without being influenced by our thought, our flaws, our bad decisions from our past life. Isn't that comforting? Yes, that's reassuring. There are two things that we must forget from our yesterdays. Our defeats and our victories. First, let's consider the obvious, our defeats. We need to forget our injuries. We need to forget those deep wounds that fill us with a feeling of guilt. We need to lay these things at the cross of Jesus and let God heal those hurts that we have. We should also put ourselves under the forgiveness of God. That's what happens at the cross. If God is forgiving us, we need to also forgive ourselves. You see, the devil, he is the accuser. He will always bring up our past mistakes. But if we have confessed it and repented of it, stop letting the accusation of the enemy keep us from victory. Look, Paul tried in the beginning of his life to do everything the way he thought God was calling him to do. He even murdered Christians. He, he said that was okay. Go ahead, put them to death. And now, as we read in Philippians, we find him in chains in prison for Jesus Christ. Man, if Paul can move forward through Jesus, so can we. Now the second thing that I was talking about from our yesterdays are victories. What do I mean by forgetting our victories? The Scripture tells us that we must forsake our successes of the world. We cannot live on yesterday's victory. Do you remember when Israel was, was traveling through the desert for 40 years and they got hungry? God gave them angel food. Every morning, manna from heaven that they had to eat. But God did not allow them to take it and save it up for a couple weeks into the future. Each day, God gave them manna from heaven. Brothers and sisters of Dunphy Missionary Church, we need our daily bread. We cannot live off yesterday's blessings or yesterday's strength. Now, we may be able to leverage some of those strengths, but the good old days, 
the good old days are today. We have to live one day at a time. Focus on what God is doing right now in your life today. God planted you here for a purpose. Memories must not overshadow our calling. Sometimes people seem to want to live in the past. Now, why would you do that? Perhaps you had a really good past. Some of us have had a great life and above average accomplishments. This may make you feel as if there is no, no way in your future that things could equal your past. So you might settle for just reminiscing on the good old days of your past. Perhaps you had a really bad past. You may have suffered through tragic events and pers- that personally devastated you. And it's hard to let go of. Perhaps you were public, publicly humiliated. And you may feel that a positive future just is not possible for you. And you're stuck in the past. Perhaps you live in the past because you are older. The fact that your life seems almost over or that you have serious physical limitations may make you assume that looking to the past is the only option for you. The Word of God is telling us that memories must not overshadow our calling. God planted us for a purpose. People with a really good past have accomplished even greater things when they walk with Jesus Christ. People with a really bad past have seen the light and experienced the good, pleasing, and perfect will that God has for their future. And in spite of old age, people have realized that God has not called them home yet because He has a purpose for your life each and every day. Verse 13 says, forgetting what is behind. It reminds us to leave some things behind. Leave your resentments behind. We all have someone who has hurt us or mistreated us. The unforgiving heart continues to live in the past. Leave your worries behind. Worries are very much like rocking chairs. They give you something to do, but they never take you anywhere. Habitual worrying becomes life-controlling. It damages your health, and it damages your relationships. Give up your worries. The third thing I would like to suggest you leave behind are your failures. God is the God of new beginnings. If we ask, he will give us a clean slate to move forward with. Would you like to leave failures behind and start over? You can. 
And the fourth thing, leave your guilt behind. Your guilt was nailed to the cross right along with those sins. We never need to feel unworthy again. Christ in you is hope of glory. The key to God's glorious future for you. Memories must not overshadow our calling. Take hold of Jesus' hand and walk with him into a new future. The second part from these scripture verses I'd like to share with you today is facing the future. What has God put in you to go after? Verse 13 says this, And straining toward what is ahead. This phrase is the picture of someone running a race and straining for the finish line. Going after the finish line. Paul is not seeking to earn his salvation. He's not straining to overcome incredible odds in order to attain life with Christ. He already had that. Instead, Christ took a hold of Paul so that Paul can take a hold of life with Christ and pursue what God put in him to go after. God plants us with a purpose. And we have the responsibility to strain toward, to pursue, to go after what God put in us to go after. God put something in Paul to go after. The prize has not yet been attained, he says. And Paul strains with his whole body focused on that one thing. The one thing to reach that prize. What has God put in you to go after? I can tell you that there's one thing for sure. God has not called you to an old, familiar normal. We saw that through 2020. You know, that would be like telling Paul, Paul, go back and try to find profit in living in your fleshly life like you did before. No, Paul says, I consider that rubbish, garbage. The old familiar normal is what makes one a loser in life. Perhaps we should all consider embracing what God has put in us to go after as a new normal. If you have ever had surgery, you know you never get back to the old normal. You go back to a new normal. The world has been sick. The world has been shut down with COVID-19. The local church has been challenged with decreased attendance. Let's not complain, resist, and lay blame for our declining ministry, but let us embrace and accept the realities of where we are. 
and identify what God has put in us as a church to go after. Let us respond instead of react and intercede rather than interfere. It has not been our preference, but God is doing a new thing through each individual and through this church. At this time, we really just know it as the interim pastor ministry transitional process. But we are discerning God's will. God will let us know his good, pleasing, and perfect will for us. In verse 12 of Philippians 3, Paul confesses that he has not yet arrived. You know, if Paul wrote about a dozen books that ended up being part of our Bible and he had not yet arrived, certainly God is not through with any of us here at Dunphy yet. He has more for us. Let's face the future expectantly for what God wants to do through us, individually and as a church. We can be confident of one thing for sure. We have been planted with a purpose for the glory and the praise of God. When we identify what God has put in us to go after, when we identify that, we will see the church become less about us and more about Jesus and the world that he loves. We will see people look with awe upon the church. We will see people make decisions to follow Jesus Christ. We will see engagement in the world drive attendance at church. We will experience church doing ministry from the building, not just in the building. We will experience church adapting to the priorities God puts before us. We will experience church that has no business as usual. We will experience church equipping God's people for works of ministry. We will experience church doing ministry and allowing dead programs to be buried. We will not take the simple joys of life, family, and faith for granted. What is God putting you to go after? The third point from this scripture. Whatever we do, seek everlasting glory for God. This is focusing on God. Verse 14, Paul wrote, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul's life is focused on one thing and one thing only, the prize. He does not get distracted with the things that so often distract us today. 
relationships, wealth, status, careers, and the like. He does not allow his focus to be taken away from what matters most to him. Being called heavenly, heavenward in Christ Jesus. During this past year, our sovereign God has allowed many things to be taken away. Perhaps things that we had put before Jesus as Lord of our life. Large gathering of events. I was flipping through the channels yesterday on the TV and saw these basketball games with two teams and no, nobody in the stands. Concerts, conventions, where large gatherings of people would come together and put those gatherings perhaps ahead of what God was really calling us to do. The economy is changing. Our sovereign God knew that the economy would be changing. God said that we are to have no other gods before Him. Perhaps God is trying to show us something. Perhaps He's trying to show us that we have been overloaded, overbooked, overcommitted, and overwhelmed. Aren't you tired of attempting too much to accomplish too little? You know, there's a difference between what you may do, what you might do, and what you must do. There's a difference between what we would do, what we could do, and what we should do. Have you ever heard the saying that goes like this? If you chase two rabbits, you'll never catch either one. We cannot serve two masters. God is first, and He must not be second. Not everything on our to-do list is equal. We need to figure out what matters most, and we have to say no to some good things so that we can say yes to even better things. Those better things that God has called us to do. Jesus was teaching, and he was talking about the different things of life that so many people worry about. And he said this, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things will be given to you as well. You find that in Matthew chapter 6. We need to spend time with God in worship each and every day. The prize is in the will of God. Right now, tomorrow, and for all eternity. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. That's a quote from 1 Corinthians 10.31. Is there one thing that you do that maybe you need to stop doing? 
Is there one thing that you're not doing that maybe God is calling you to do? Whatever we do, seek everlasting glory for God. I want to conclude this message with an illustration of a daughter and her father. You know how sometimes kids just love to trick their parents or their grandparents with riddles, right? (laughs) So a girl asked her father, Dad, if there are three frogs sitting on a limb that hung out over a pool, and one frog decided to jump into the pool, how many frogs would be left on the limb? Dad, quick to reply, says two. Oh, the girl just giggled. Nope. Now there were three frogs, she said, sitting on the limb, and one decides to jump in. How many are left? Ha, <laughs> Dad's catching on. Oh, I get it, he tells her. If one decides to jump in, the others are going to follow, so none are left on the limb. And the girl said, no, Dad. The answer is three are left on the limb. The one frog only decided to jump. Wow. Does that sound like our life sometimes? Where Christ is calling us to do something? And we have great inspiration and great resolution, but oftentimes we only decide to do it. Then months later, we are still on that same limb of doing nothing. We have been planted with a purpose. And our purpose is not of this world. It is for the glory and the praise of God. Let's jump in. Let's strain forward for the prize. Forgetting the past. Memories must not overshadow our calling. Facing the future. What is God putting you to go after? And focusing on God. Whatever we do, seek everlasting glory for him. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this challenging message that Paul shares with us. We pray that you will help us to continue to forget the past and face the future and always keep our focus on you. As we go from here this day, As we gather to support one another, may we always remember these things and not just decide, but to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.